Over the last couple of weeks, we've been having some great conversations here on the Pastor Cast about the future of church after coronavirus. What does the church look like after a global pandemic? But one of the questions we haven't been asking is, what does Christianity look like after a global pandemic? What needs to be transformed in our Christian faith? What do Christians need to be thinking about in terms of changes that need to come in order for Christianity to remain vital and vibrant and engaging for emerging generations. That's the topic of today's Pastor Cast. Welcome. So I am here with my uh, good friends, longtime friends, uh, Steve Holsey, the Reverend Dr. Steve Holsey. Uh, Steve and I served in the same presbytery in Central Florida. Uh, some years ago, kind of right down the road from each other. And Steve was kind enough uh, to take me under his wing way back when, when I first got there uh, to uh, the church that I was serving. And uh, we met um, a lot. We met uh, weekly sometimes and just being able to get together and talk and we reading uh, books together and uh, just kind of, uh, you know, doing, doing ministry and, and kind of the same sort of uh, philosophy, the same kind of um, uh, way that we thought about things. And so um, one of the things that I, I just wanted to do, I wanted to get various voices for this particular podcast that we've been doing, uh, the church after Corona, and just kind of dreaming and thinking about what does the church look like uh, after all of this uh, is, well, I say over, uh, but it doesn't, <laughs> it just keeps going. Uh, but uh you know, just what is the church going to look like? Like, what is, what is all this kind of, kind of look like afterwards? Uh, and so, uh, Steve is, is got some awesome thoughts on not just the church, but on Christianity as a whole. So thanks for, thanks for joining me, Steve. I appreciate it, man. Um, it's good to talk to you again and, uh, to do it like this is pretty cool. Yeah. We only need a Starbucks coffee, uh, to, to make (laughs) this real, right? I know, man. I do miss my Starbucks. I haven't been since all this started. <laughs> yeah. Well, I understand. Uh, yeah. Well, Steve, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of uh, just share with us just a little bit about yourself uh, and about your experience. I know you've had uh, you've been serving in and around churches and ministry for a lot of years, and uh, so just kind of tell us a little bit about where you've been and where you are uh, right okay. now. That's, uh, that's easy enough to do. I, I, I was uh, ordained uh, in 1976 as a Southern Baptist, um, Bible-toting evangelical fundamentalist. <laughs> Heck yeah, uh, man. Which is nothing wrong with that, but no, uh, no. That, that suit of clothes doesn't fit any longer. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I, I eventually uh, was graduated from seminary and was pastoring um, – a mid-sized uh, Southern Baptist Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina, when I got the call to go into the United States Navy as a chaplain. And I had already spent four years in the Air Force as an enlisted man. So I only had to do 16 years of active duty chaplaincy to get my retirement. And when I retired in 1999, uh, in, in the interim, in, in between joining the Navy and retiring, I had become a Presbyterian pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't reordain me. They just validated my, my ordination of 76. And so I re-entered the church world in, in 2000, uh, actually in 1999. 
um, and um, took a call to uh, Lake, uh, Lake Square Presbyterian Church in Leesburg, which was just down the road from where you pastored. Um, in 2001, just three months before 9-11, Wow. And uh, so that was a, a good introduction to uh, the, the church world that I had been away from for a number of years. Uh, and so uh, I since have retired from active uh, ministry, uh, at least as far as the pension board is concerned. And uh, <laughs> I, I uh, pastor or serve as a stated supply for a 30-member uh, congregation uh, here in Jacksonville, uh, which basically I just provide supply preaching on Sundays and emergency pastoral care. So I'm I, I'm really out of it. Uh, I'm not you know in the in the venue like you and your colleagues are. So thinking about the future of the church for me may take on a little different uh, flavor uh, th from what you guys are. And, and girls are talking about in active ministry right now. Yeah, I mean, the, um, the idea behind this uh, podcast was was basically just to start thinking about, you know, like the future, um, you know, in, in terms of, you know, church ministry. But then also there's a wider thing that was going on. And I think that was one of the things that I started off with was like, what, what have we experienced? You know, like what has happened here? You know, like what, what makes this similar and different from other disruptions that the church has had to deal with and has got, you know, gone through over time. Um, and so some of the, you know, the conversations that I've had with some of the other pastors have definitely been, you know, contextual because, you know, they're, they're talking about their own context. Um, but I haven't had any conversations about bigger picture stuff. Uh, and so that's, that's what I'm really excited about with this is because that's, that's what you've been thinking about. Um, yeah, you know, because like it's bigger uh, than the church, you know, like yes. the local church. Yes. Unfortunately, um, where you guys are right now, when I say you guys, your colleagues there in your Presbytery and, and those that we served with in the past, uh, they're down in the weeds. Mm -hmm. And, and so sometimes you can't see the bigger picture because the weeds are, are, um, are obstructing the vision. And, and what I'd like to do today is, is talk about looking at the broader context um, of Christianity in the United States uh, as it is um, uh, compared to the, the cultural and context, the political context that we're dealing with today, all the divisiveness, all the the vitriol that that seems to permeate social media. Uh, how does how does Christianity work in in, in that environment? Uh, I remember early on in my retirement, I read. Uh, well, actually, it was last year, and it was I I noted it as my number one favorite book for 2019. It was a book written by Sil uh, Sylvia Casmat and Brian Walsh called Romans Disarmed. Mm. And the subtitle was Resisting Empire and Demanding Justice. Mm. Um, and and what, what this did for me, it, it helped me to, to look at Christianity uh, in its American empire context. Right. So don't be fooled. We live in an empire. We do. And, and uh, it, it has 
some of the same characteristics as other empires of the past, Rome included. Um, and so we need to ask our, ourselves the question that Casmet uh, and, and Walsh asked in, in their book, what does it mean to be Christian as we live in the empire? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? What does that look like? Um, I'm not sure we've asked that question uh, of ourselves in American Christianity today. So what I'd like to do is just share with you some ideas about what we can do uh, to bring about some kind of, the old fashioned word would be revival uh, mm -hmm. in America for the church. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to say also, as, as a bit of a caveat here, uh, and this may not sit well with, with a lot of folks, but it's the way I see it. And I don't mean it in a mean-spirited way, but I don't think that the mainstream institutional church in America today can revive itself. Steve went on to say that even though he believed that the church could not revive itself, he did believe that God could revive it, that could change it and transform it and turn it around. And it was going to take some courage. It was going to take some transformation on our part, those of us who are within the church. And Steve believes that there are some very important things that we need to face as Christians if we're going to be able to, to remain as I said earlier, vibrant and vibrant and engaged with emerging generations after this global pandemic is over. And so the topic of our conversation shifted to these important transformations, these paradigm shifts that needed to happen or need to happen in order for the church to move forward. And this is what he had to say. I think the first thing we need to do is actively disengage from identity politics and partisan politics in America. The church needs yeah. to step away from that. Christians need to step away from, from being identified as both Christians and Republican or Christian and Democrats. That does no one any good, and, and it's not getting us anywhere. Uh, the second thing I would say is we need to actively disengage uh, from the divisive cultural wars that we've been participating in for the last 20 years or, or more. Um, mm. you, you know, we're not going to change. Actually, in fact, I read something the other day where evangelicals have already lost the culture wars. Yeah. Turn your television on, and what do you see? You see same-sex marriages. Uh, we, we are not going to change the culture. Uh, I think that's a pipe dream. Uh, we, we are not going to influence the political system or the empire in such a way that we're going to make it look like our, our version of Christianity. Several years ago, I was having a conversation with uh, Rob Bell, the author and pastor of one of the biggest churches in America at one point. And Rob told us in the group that the church had been engaged in this culture war for so long, but the war was really over. I mean, the ship had sailed. The church needed to start focusing on something different. It needed to move forward into the future. 
and that future was not going to be focused on the things that we had struggled over in the past. Steve agreed with this, and, and he also had some ideas about what the church needed to do and what Christianity needed to do to move forward into that future. The other thing, and I think this is a biggie, and, and I have been thinking about this and reading books about this and, and, and writing uh, uh, blogs about this over the years. Uh, and and I, I think it's something that uh, until we recognize that we do live in an empire, but our identity is not that of the empire. Our identity is with Christ. Mm-hmm. So I think what, what the Christianity in America needs to do is take a good hard look at itself in the mirror and say, look, we need to reclaim our Christ identity. Yeah. We need to, we need to really make, uh, Jesus is Lord, an affirmative, uh, honest confession of faith. Uh, I'm not an American. Uh, I, I'm an American by birth, but who I am as a human being now is shaped and has its roots in my relationship with Jesus Christ. And our Christ identity is most important. Um, that's who I pledge allegiance to. Right. It doesn't mean that I don't love my country. And if anybody says to me, you don't love your country, I'll say to you, I spent 20 years serving the country. So don't tell me I don't love my country, but I know where my identity lies. Right. And my identity lies in Christ. And until Christians start doing this, they're not going to gain the credibility and the integrity we need as Christ followers in the empire in which we live. In the first century, Christians had an identity issue. They, they struggled uh, to resist assimilation into the Roman Empire. And Paul's letters in the book of Revelation, all of those communications that were spread throughout the first century to churches all over the world, those letters, those words were all about unity in the midst of diversity and also an encouragement, an exhortation not to assimilate to the empire, not to let the empire become their God. Steve agreed with this and he took it a step further. Yeah. And it's just like in the old Testament, uh, the, the Jews, when they, when they went into the promised land, uh, one of the biggest sins that they committed was syncretism. Uh, that mm-hmm. is they became the culture in which they invaded and, and, and you ended up with Baal worship and, and ended up with, uh, sacrificing of their children, uh, and so on and so forth. So yeah. this, is, this has been a, an issue with the people of God for, for a long time. And, uh, and, and I don't think that the American church has dealt with this uh, effectively at all, no. but we need, we need to. And, and then I would say, once we, once we discover, rediscover our Christ identity, if I may say that, we need also to develop a, a counter narrative to the dominant American narrative that controls us today. Mm. We have a counter narrative and guess what it's called? It's called the gospel, right? It's called the good news. It, 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 it's a narrative that promotes peace and nonviolence as opposed to redemptive violence 
that it, that seems to characterize uh, Americans' understanding of, of who we are right. as, as citizens of the empire. So um, uh, we just need to um, be very, very cautious about uh, how we affiliate ourselves uh, with a narrative that does not promote the gospel, right? but instead promotes Americanism and uh, capitalism, as it were, or uh, militarism, uh, all those big isms uh, yeah. that, that really, I don't think that we need to be paying any kind of allegiance to those things. And then the, the other thing I would say, Leon, is I think it's important for Christians to begin developing subversive activism. You know, it's okay to stand against abortion, but burning down abortion clinics and while, while you're carrying the cross is not the way to do it. You know, right. Uh, right. I, I have no problem with, with uh, whether or not you're pro-life or pro-choice. That, that's for you to decide. That's between you and God and your understanding of, and reading of Scripture. Uh, but there's a subversive way to do that. Mm-hmm. And you do it in love. And, and you do it with, with the grace uh, that, that's given to you uh, as, as, a, as a human being that you can extend to others. And, and so our subversive activism, I think, is very important. And then finally, I would say, and this is, uh, this is kind of where I might step on some, on some toes here, but I always like being a little edgy. Uh, I think it's important that we discard. If if we're going to revitalize, if we're going to work towards revitalizing Christianity um, in in our culture, we need to discard the business slash entertainment model of the American church. Mm -hmm. Uh, And by doing that, what I would say is this big this big mammoth church that includes all denominations, it's dying. I mean, here in, in Jacksonville, in, in the Presbyterian denomination, we, we used to have roughly maybe 15 churches back in 2000 that were under 100 members. Uh, it, it's up in the 50s now. Yeah. Uh, our, our Presbyterian denomination in Jacksonville is shrinking. It's getting older and grayer. And it's it's shrinking. It's getting smaller, and uh, and and so. But yet we we expect and we think that we can change the music. Uh, we can make it more entertainment entertaining uh, to people. We can make it uh, be less feeling like church, and people start piling back in and filling up the pews. It ain't happening. So maybe what we need to think about doing as as pastors. And this is where it might make it a little uncomfortable for you. It would have <laughs> made it uncomfortable for me. Maybe we need to just let these big mammoth churches die gracefully. And instead of trying to change their current memberships' minds in how to be the church, start new faith communities that are smaller and more dynamic and, and train them and teach them uh, in, in ways where the church can be subversively uh, faith communities within the empire rather than being there to prop up the empire. 
Well, that's all the time that we have for this installment of the Pastor Cast. We'll continue the conversation with uh, Pastor Steve Holsey on the next episode uh, where we get down and dirty with like, how does this look? Like, how do we practically figure this out? I hope you've enjoyed this conversation and I hope that you've enjoyed this particular series as we've talked and thought about the church after Corona. We'll see you next time on the Pastor Cast.